Hello and welcome to the EMG Gold podcast. I'm your host today, San Boyassi, Head of Content Marketing here at EMG Health. And today I am joined by Kumaran Krishnan, Director of Medical Excellence and Digital Transformation at Teva Pharmaceuticals. Hello and thank you so much for joining us today, Kumaran. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you very much, Sen, and thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you on board. So I want to give our listeners a quick bit of introduction, just in case they don't know about you and your background. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, Kimuran is a creative pharmacist and medical affairs professional with more than two decades of experience within the pharmaceutical sector. Over the course of his career, he has worked across the Indian subcontinent, the UK and Ireland, Europe, and globally with a particular expertise in launching new drugs and leading field medical teams. He is also a distinguished speaker and has published research articles on the medical affairs function. And most recently, he published a report on the impact of COVID-19 on MSL KPIs. So Kumaran, you have been working within the medical affairs field for over 20 years. What, what, what drives your passion for this field? And we live in an era where uh, human population lives longer compared to even a century ago. Mm. Whilst longevity may be seen as an improvement from where we were, it doesn't come without its own challenges. Maybe we are living longer, but many of us sadly live with uh, chronic illnesses such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, respiratory illnesses, and so on, just to mention a few. Whilst majority of frontline clinicians such as doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and other healthcare workers deliver a tremendous job helping individual patients lead a near normal life, they're not the ones who advance the science. A handful of those clinicians with the help of the healthcare industry advance science by better understanding the disease state, it's underlining pathophysiology, identifying new treatment pathways and drug targets, etc. Uh, for example, if you look at the key therapy area trends, the data published by McKinsey last year, 74% of all FDA submissions are listed as potentially first in class. 20% of all new molecular entities are personalized medicines. We have identified over 1,200 drug protein targets, over 700 uh, cell and gene therapy targets hundreds of complex biologics to tackle a variety of uh, disease states. All of these are developed with just one goal in mind, improving the lives of people who live with complex underlining medical conditions, be it the discovery of uh, insulin or treatment for cancer or development of vaccines. They all have not only led us to lead a near normal life, but also have contributed to the overall longevity of the human race. So this enormous feat of achievement and advancement in science would not have been made possible uh, without the collaboration and investment from the healthcare sector. So whilst the individual frontline clinicians help one patient at a time lead a healthier life, uh, as an industry, we positively impact uh, on the entire population. So to summarize, I'm so fortunate that I work for a sector that focuses on uh, improving people's lives, 
and I'm passionate about going to work knowing fully how my contributions, however small it may be in a greater scale of things, contribute to the betterment of a society and race. So I'm passionate about collaborating with uh, a dedicated frontline staff, uh, frontline clinical staff, and the great minds from our industry. Absolutely. Your passion certainly comes across and you sound like someone who really can see the value and the purpose of what it is that they do. Um, so, so that is absolutely brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. And as we as we kind of mentioned in your introduction, uh, in terms of the various different um, continents and countries that you've worked in, your experience does lie largely in developed markets such as Europe. So how can the medical affairs function be enhanced to unlock further potential in already established markets like Europe? Uh, this is a really good question, and I love this. Um, if you look into the role of medical affairs, the activities that we involve in spread across the life cycle of the product. So to speak, medical affairs play a significant role in the life cycle management of a product. So I can summarize the key medical affairs activities into four buckets. I call them the, the key pillars of medical affairs activities. First of all, uh, stakeholder engagement. How we effectively engage with uh, key stakeholders, I mean key external stakeholders, such as the frontline clinicians that I mentioned earlier, to exchange credible and unbiased scientific information. Secondly, how we add value to our business by bringing in and sharing actionable insights. When I say actionable insights, those are insights where we can take uh, uh, action on. They're not just information. There's a lot of difference between an information and an insight. Mm. Uh, this is something where we can add value to the business as well. The third one uh, is supporting medical activities during scientific congresses. Mm. Uh, the last but not the least is the life cycle management through evidence generation. How we expand our evidence to uh, support the development of science and medicine to improve people's lives. So the enhancements that you mentioned come from improving our uh, processes in the above mentioned activity buckets. Uh, if you look at my personal motto, uh, it is do the right things and do them right. And I practice Kaizen in every step of my business and my personal life. Uh, Kaizen is the process of uh, continuous improvement. I strongly believe that by um, improving the processes and focusing on the elements that uh, add genuine value that matches or even exceeds the expectation of our internal and external stakeholders, we can unlock further potential, not only in the established market, but in every market that we are in. I hope it made sense. Absolutely. I mean, you are speaking to someone who's also very incredibly process driven. So <laughs> that was perfect and, and made a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as someone who's currently heading up the Medical Excellence and the Digital Transformation Directorate, and, and currently looking at the situation that we find ourselves in with this pandemic, how has COVID-19 impacted the direction of your strategy? Well, um, COVID-19 has impacted uh, and touched on every aspect of living being in several ways. Uh, many industries are facing extreme hardships due to this pandemic. 
uh, I can compare this to the age in our historical life faced by the dinosaurs. Uh, we are facing challenges from all front. Uh, focusing on medical affairs activities, um, in terms of external stakeholder engagement, the industry has seen a significant decline in face-to-face -face engagements. Uh, directly as a result of pandemic-related travel restrictions and lockdown. Mm. Uh, the Viva Pulse trend uh, report that was published in August of this year show a 73% decrease in customer-facing events, whilst uh, remote engagement has skyrocketed to the tune of about 800%. Mm. The healthcare industry, like uh, several other industries, have started to use remote engagement platforms to interact with our customers. Uh, this includes platforms like Viva Engage or uh, Teams, FaceTime, and so on and so forth. Clinical studies is the, is the other uh, aspect that I want to touch upon. Clinical studies have also been in, impacted significantly by this pandemic, with several of them being put on hold. Uh, this will have a significant impact on expanding evidence, as I mentioned, uh, one of the buckets, key buckets uh, earlier on, uh, in terms of provision of additional data or change in label, or even obtaining a license for new molecular entities. Uh, this is also uh, going to have a significant financial stress in our industry. The third point I want to mention about is the patient support programs. With uh, patients suffering from chronic illnesses, having significantly lower face-to-face -face interactions with their uh, healthcare providers as a result of canceled clinics for uh, non-emergency services, there seems to be an increasing trend in demand for uh, the provision of support to patients. Of course, this is uh, more towards the digital end of the spectrum rather than the physical one-to-one -one end of the spectrum. What I mean when I say this is there is an upward trend in the availability of such services through mobile applications. Uh, the last one that I want to talk about is medical information. Um, uh, last but not the least, um, there is actually uh, a, an opposite effect that's been seen here in this particular area of medical affairs. Uh, there is an increase in the medical information queries, both from the clinicians and the patients, with a large number of uh, COVID-related uh, questions being asked. Mm -hmm. For example, patients asking about the effect of COVID-19 on uh, their particular treatment uh, or their underlying disease state. The medical information function has been uh, the least disrupted, if I may say that, mm -hmm. as uh, provision of information has always been a, a remote activity. And medical information officers can actually discharge their duties effectively by working from home. So to summarize, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has caused uh, major disruptions in the traditional ways of working and have actually forced mankind to think differently. Uh, medical affairs is no different to that. Uh, I think it's uh, only appropriate to say that we have had four years worth of digital transformation seen in four months. Uh, the elements I stated above has a significant impact in the overall uh, strategy, uh, not just for medical affairs, but the organizational strategy itself.
very well summarized. And that, that kind of leads me on to, we mentioned earlier on in my introduction, you recently uh, compiled a report uh, called Has COVID-19 Impacted MSL KPIs? So can you talk us through your motivations for compiling that report and also share the most important takeaways from that, please? Okay. Um, well, I've been heading the field medical function and medical excellence for quite a while now, uh, holding uh, country, regional and global positions. This function is close to my heart and I've published several articles and spoken at many industry medical affairs conferences on various topics. Uh, as outlined earlier, one of the key medical affairs activity is customer engagement. I'm also a firm believer in what doesn't get measured doesn't get done. So appropriate KPIs are required not just to measure field medical activities uh, to see where we are doing well and where we can improve, but also to use it as a PR exercise to publish internally how great we are. Mm. So we have a set of qualitative and quantitative KPIs to, uh, when I say KPIs, a key performance indicators to fulfill this objective. As I said before, we have seen a significant decrease in customer facing activity due to the pandemic related uh, restrictions and our KPIs are uh, geared towards the pre-pandemic world. Although customer engagement is predominant uh, is a predominant activity, it is not the only activity that the field medical staff are engaging in. Depending on the country they are in, examples of other activities could include training internal staff, review of promotional, non-promotional materials, uh, developing scientific slide decks, contribution to brand team meetings, uh, gathering insights, etc. Uh, since the external customer meetings have fallen down in numbers, field medical staff have drafted uh, more into other activities such as the ones I, uh, I outlined earlier. So it's only fair and scientific that we capture and measure the appropriate value-added activities. Uh, it was the motive, that was the motivation for me to launch this study on the impact of COVID-19 on field medical KPIs. I would require at least an hour to discuss this study in detail, uh, but I'm happy to outline the key findings here. Um, we set out a survey uh, through uh, the LinkedIn platform and kept it open for about four weeks. Uh, we received over 170 responses from across the world, mainly from MSL managers and those involved in setting KPIs for medical and field medical teams. Uh, the results demonstrate that the total number of external experts or healthcare professional engagement and the type of engagement should remain among the future KPIs. The exception was percentage coverage of uh, these uh, external experts or QLs um, where uh, over a quarter of these responders um, outlined that they have not yet decided about this. Um, and, uh, and and they're not sure if this should actually remain the same uh, in, in, in the new uh, KPI. Looking into the KPIs that showed a significant change between pre and post COVID-19 scenarios, uh, the number of uh, advisory boards, roundtable meetings, number of external experts engaged uh, as speakers saw a significant decline. Conversely, parameters such as uh, a number of commercial colleagues trained number of Salesforce uh, focused training initiatives and capturing the number of medical affairs projects have seen significant 
positive change in comparison to pre-COVID situation. From a qualitative perspective, um, we see a significant increase in tracking involvement in key projects, level of knowledge uh, through, through uh, knowledge tests, et cetera, uh, the volume and the type of insights that we gathered, and also 360-degree feedback from internal and external customers have taken that sort of significance. Absolutely. And if our listeners wanted to read that report, Kimaran, where would they be able to access that? Um, this is available on the PM360 website, and I'm happy to share the link with you if you want to share it with uh, your podcast. That would be that would be wonderful. Fantastic. We'll, we'll try our best to share maybe um, a link to it in the description of this podcast. But um, kind of staying on the same topic, and again, you touched on this earlier. There are said to be significant changes in the healthcare and pharmaceutical industries, and most prominently in digital and technological advances. You know, for example, you mentioned earlier how four years worth of change has had to happen in four months. Mm -hmm. So what capabilities will medical affairs leaders uh, really need in, in order to build teams that are fit for the future? Um, let me be short, sweet, and direct with my response here. Uh, the traditional capabilities uh, such as scientific expertise, business acumen, impactful communication, customer centricity, value demonstration um, will remain fundamental to the success of the medical team. These are not just capabilities for field medical function. These are capabilities for any leader within the medical uh, affairs function. Uh, Given the fact that we have a significant effect uh, of uh, COVID-19 in our operations, um, and given the current environment that we are in, uh, the most important, uh, uh, from my perspective, is a change in mindset, uh, followed by flexibility, uh, creativity, um, uh, engaging and building uh, partnerships remotely, uh, scientific storytelling, how do you uh, tell a compelling story uh, to uh, a stakeholder uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a very nice way, in a very uh, eloquent way, uh, and influencing and persuasion via remote platforms, um, and most importantly, focusing on adding value uh, to, to stakeholders are extremely important. Brilliantly summarised. And my final question, Kimaran, we talked earlier just before we started this podcast recording about Amsterdam, which is where you're based at the moment and, and working yes. from. But you have worked in positions all over the world. So what has working within different cultures taught you about healthcare challenges all around the world? Um, irrespective of the part of the world we live in, we have one common problem to solve. It's about how we improve people's lives. Mm. Uh, the solution to this common problem is unfortunately complicated uh, from access to healthcare systems to availability of appropriate interventions in line with the innovation uh, to cost of treatment, to patient support, the list goes on. Uh, there are financial challenges, technological challenges, and most importantly, cultural differences in the way we approach to solve this problem. Mm. From a philosophical point of view, as long as there are inequalities in the societies that we live in, 
finding a permanent solution to our healthcare problem will uh, sadly continue to uh, remain as a challenge. Very, very interesting. And I would love to know more about that. But I'm afraid, Kumaran, that is all we have time for today. But thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. And thanks for the opportunity as well. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners, thank you for listening. And please do tune in again next week to hear from another great guest on the EMG Golf Podcast. Thank you and take care.